All right, everybody say red flags. I am so excited about this series. This is a series about relationships, but it's not just about who you date or who you're married to. This is really a series to recognize the deception that is often at play in our life, in our relationships, whether it's someone you're dating, someone you're interested in dating, that so often there are red flags that pop up and, and we don't know what to do about it. We're not really sure if this is something that we're just sensing, something we're feeling, if we're being overly sensitive, or if this is a legitimate reason or issue to have a conversation or a confrontation. So let's talk about what is a red flag. A red flag is a signal of danger, right? A red flag is a warning sign, a heads up of potential disaster, a sign that there's a problem that needs to be addressed. In auto racing, like NASCAR, when a red flag is waved, it's a sign that there's dangerous conditions on the track, dangerous conditions with the weather. It's not a sign to keep going, it's a sign to stop the race. Uh, if you go to the ocean to go swimming out on a beach, if there's a red flag out on the beach, that's a sign that there's undercurrents you can't see, that it's not a safe time to go swimming in the ocean. There may be sharks right there in the water. They'll put up the red flag. When there's a double red flag on a beach, that means they are shutting the beach down for that time. Not that you could never swim on that beach, but for that moment right now, it is way too dangerous to be in the water. And in the same way, God gives us red flags, warnings, when it comes to the relationships that we have. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to Proverbs 27, verse 12. You can make some noise, come on. Proverbs 27, verse 12. Here we go. The prudent, your version might say, the wise man, the wise woman, those who are wise, they see danger. In other words, they see the red flags and they take refuge. But the simple, and one version says the foolish man, the foolish girl, the ignorant guy keeps going and pays the penalty. Now, I'm thankful for the grace of God. The grace of God covers a lot of mistakes in our life. However, there are consequences when we refuse to heed the warning signals that pop up in our life. It says the prudent man sees the danger, the prudent girl, the wise girl, she sees the red flags and she takes refuge in that relationship. In other words, she slows things down. She says, hey, listen, this, this seems a little off. Like, you keep talking about wanting to kill your parents. This seems like a red flag. I, I don't know if we should keep going in this relationship. You keep talking about some crazy stuff, embezzlement, American side. Like, this feels like a, a red flag. But the simple girl, the simple guy is like, no big deal. He's really hot. She's really hot. I just want to move forward in the relationship. So we need to lean into these red Flags. We need to pay attention. We need to wake up to see what's going on around us. I grew up in a home with two older sisters and my mom, and we would have movie night every week, and um, we would take turns who got to rent the movie, and oftentimes my older sisters, they would rent chick flicks, right? They'd rent like these romantic old movies about a guy and a girl and some other guy that's the wrong guy, and then there's one guy that's the right guy, or you know, two girls, and one girl's the wrong girl, and the one girl's the right girl for this guy. And I remember watching these movies, and my mom, she would talk to the characters in the movie. Like we would watch Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. We would watch, you know, uh, Ever After and Cinderella Story, all these, you know, chick flick movies. And so my mom, she would stand up. She'd be like, he's the wrong guy. He is the wrong guy. Don't you go out with that guy. That guy has issues. He's crazy. She better not. Or, you know, if it was the girl, she'd be like, that girl is a bad girl. She is so mean. Do you see how she's treating other people? Guys, we need to pray right now that he does not go out with that girl. I'm like, mom, it's a movie. We can't change the script. They can't even hear you. Sit down. She 
actually start pacing in the living room, you know, just talking to the movie. And it's so easy for us to spot red flags in the movies. It's so easy for us to spot red flags in other people. And it is so hard at times to spot red flags in ourselves, in our relationship, in our behavior, in our mindset and attitudes. You know, deception right now is at an all-time high in our society. There's a lot of deceiving going on. And deceiving is a scary thing. It's a dangerous thing because it's deceptive. You don't really know who someone is. You don't really know how something is actually going because in this current society, we put such an emphasis on the external, you know, self-image, what we see when we're at church, the smile, uh, uh, the, the social media, and yet people can be hiding some very toxic things in their life. I saw an article on the news last week about this teenage boy, 17 years old, and the article said nobody saw the red flags. And this was something that literally just happened in the last 10 days. It was national news. This guy killed his girlfriend um, and killed his girlfriend's parents and killed his own parents. Now, this guy was sharp looking. He was handsome. Uh, He looked like someone that you wouldn't even expect this from. But how many of y'all know that deception can happen to anyone at any time, no matter how good looking they are? I'm no longer surprised when I see stuff on the news about leaders or politicians or people because now I'm convinced anyone can do anything when they are deceived. No matter how nice they look or how smiling they are, and I'm not trying to stir up your suspicion about everyone in the room, like who's the mass murderer in the room? But you know, I I even think about this, that last week I also came across this article about a documentary being made about a guy named Ted Bundy. Now, I I, I was born in 85, so I didn't really know who is Ted Bundy, so I start Googling his name and find out um, that he potentially killed almost 100 people. Um, But he was really nice, had a good-looking family. Uh, He was a handsome guy, smiled, would go to church, shake people's hands, you know, like he was running for, for the mayor or something, and he was always being sweet to people. But secretly, he was developing these side relationships with other girls that ended up, you know, missing all the time. And what what was so scary is no one was seeing the red flags in this guy's life. No one was paying attention to it. And so what this series is about is just to open our eyes up to say there are some serious red flags out there in relationships that we need to pay attention to and we need to be awakened to so that we can make the right decisions in our relationships. Now, deception started at the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the serpent deceived the woman in the garden, right? Adam and Eve, the first guy, first girl in the Bible, the the serpent shows up and says, you know, did God really say that you can't eat from this tree? Now, they had everything they needed. They had all the food they wanted. They had a luxurious lifestyle. They didn't have to work. They were walking around naked and it was normal back then. They had a relationship with God. They had each other. They had everything they needed. But the serpent came in and said, did God really say this? Are are you sure that God said you can't have this? And what would happen if you did do what God told you not to do? And immediately the woman listened to the serpent. She was deceived. And then she tells her husband, Adam, and he's deceived. And from then on, all throughout the Bible, this is a story of so many relationships that had red flags. So many moments where people were deceived. Good people. People that loved God, people that wanted to do something right with their life. And if it can happen to leaders in the Bible, it can happen to any of us. I mean, King Saul was a a classic example, chosen by God, meant to do something great for the nation of Israel. But over time, some little red flags kept popping up. 
that he never paid attention to. So this is a sermon for all of us, not just singles, but married people, divorced, widowed, whatever season of life you're in, this is a series for you. John chapter 10, verse 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? His purpose is to deceive you, to trick you, to steal years from your life, to ruin relationships, to, to kill marriages, to kill people's destinies, to steal people's purity, virginity. And yet Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. I've come to make your marriages healthy. I've come to make your relationships satisfying from a Zoe type of way. Not just like what the world says is good, but God's way of good. How many of y'all think God's way for relationships is better than the world's way for relationships, right? So in order for this message to stick, in order for us to get as much as we can from this series, I really think three things need to happen. Number one, we've gotta have ears to hear. Because Jesus said there's people who have ears, but they're missing the message. Religious people who will sit in services like it's a checklist. I come to church because I have to. Um, and the whole time, you know, I'm playing games. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm checking ESPN. I'm on social media. I'm not really listening to the sermon. The scary thing is I'm talking to people right now that are missing this right now. But if you're going to get anything from this pulpit, whether it's me up here, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Larry Stockstill, Billy Wilson, whoever's up here, you're going to have to have ears to hear. In other words, you're going to have to be inclined to want to know what is God speaking to you today or else you're going to miss the message. And if you're listening to hear what's wrong with somebody else, you're going to miss the message. I'm not just listening for a witch hunt to find out what's wrong with everybody else. I'm listening to find out what is God wanting me to grow in, ears to hear. Secondly, we need eyes to see. There's a lot of people that are walking around like this, like, you know, every day is, is the bird box day. And uh, <laughs> just like, I, I don't wanna see anything. I don't even wanna know what's wrong with me or what's wrong with him. I just wanna go blindly into these relationships, blind dates, blind marriages, blind relationships. I don't even wanna face the truth. I'd rather not see it. I'd rather not address the red flags, but we are in a time where we can't afford to have our eyes covered. We gotta wake up and see what's happening so we can address the mess and move forward from the, the situation that is very toxic, very dangerous. Everybody say, take off the blindfold. We need eyes to see. And thirdly, we need a heart to receive. We need a heart to receive. I need to have my heart in a place that's moldable, flexible, pliable. In other words, if my heart is at a, a rock hard place, you can't teach me anything. I know more than you, Paul. You'll never, I'm never gonna learn anything new. I already got it all figured out. My heart's already arrived at the best version it can be. That's a red flag. And I'm not even saying because I'm preaching. I'm just saying if you're still breathing, God's not finished with you yet. And if you'll allow your heart to be moldable, flexible, pliable, I believe you'll get something out of this sermon. You'll get something out of this series. So I wanna give you today 25 red flags, specifically for singles. You're like, oh my goodness. How are you gonna get through 25 red flags? I'm gonna do it quickly. I had 100 red flags this week that I wrote down and I condensed it down to 25. This is specifically for singles this week, but married people don't check out. Where's the singles at? If you're single, raise your hand. Where's the singles at? Come on, make some noise, look around, scope out the territory. All right, where's the married people at? Yes! I'm actually very pleased to hear such a loud shout from the married people, because other services it was like, yeah. <laughs> what? It's supposed to be a happy thing. Uh, so we're going to talk today, whether you're single or married, divorced, widow, whatever, 
This is something that can help all of us. So I wanna get right into it. Number one, the first red flag for singles is they act really embarrassed around you in public. If you are dating someone that's embarrassed to be in a relationship with you, they're like, let's just keep it secret. I'm not gonna post you on any of my pictures on social media. Like, let's just pretend we're, let's not tell anyone we're dating. Let's keep it our little secret. That's a red flag. If they, if they won't tell anyone about you, and you're telling everyone about them, but they're like, don't, don't tell anyone else. Like, that's a red flag. If they can't admit they're in a relationship with you. Number two, when they treat you extra sweet, but everyone else totally different. Now, this happens in relationships. And we get so focused on how they're treating us that we're missing what they're doing to everyone else. Well, Paul, he is so nice to me. Yeah, he did punch his mom in the face, but he, he is so sweet to me. Yeah, he cussed out the waitress. Yeah, I, I guess he, he did do some other things to other people. Listen, he's gonna punch you in six years. He's just trying to impress you right now, but I'm telling you, watch how he treats everyone else besides you. Watch how she treats everyone else beside you. She might be sweet to you, but she is somebody else to everybody else. And we've gotta pay attention to that. Everybody say, that's a red flag. Number three, when they are emotionally reckless on a regular basis. Now, I'm not talking like once a year. I'm saying like every single week, there's an emotionally reckless breakdown that happens in their life. Like he, uh, my dad used to say, watch how she acts when you're playing her in ping pong. Watch how she acts when you play, you know, board games with her, Monopoly or Scrabble or, you know, whatever games. Just watch how she acts during church softball league, basketball games. Like, is she going crazy all the time? Is he like turning into Bobby Knight, throwing, you know, chairs out on the court, slamming the basketball down, Happy Gilmore throwing his golf clubs down the golf course. And you're like, it's not a big deal. He won't do that to me. I'm telling you, if he punches the wall every single week, at some point you're gonna turn into the wall. Is he emotionally reckless on a regular basis? Now, if you are married to this person right now, <laughs> you're like, Paul, are you trying to break us all up right now? No, I'm trying to give you warnings, heads up. I'm just trying to say, hey, listen, this is something that needs to be talked about. Have a conversation before there's an incarceration. Come on, I'm gonna rhyme the snap out of this series. Have a conversation before there's an incarceration. Because eventually this, this guy, this girl, if she is always blowing up, flying off the handle, just going wild on a regular basis, that, that short fuse is going to eventually get the best of him or her. There needs to be a, I'm not saying that you could never swim in this ocean. I'm just saying right now there's a red flag on the beach. There's undercurrents that you don't even know could pull you out further than you wanna go. So address the mess. Number four, when they tell you immediately that they love you and want to marry you and, and start acting like you're married after the first date. That is a red flag. Like, Paul, it's so romantic. You know, um, they're already calling me sugar, sugar baby and honey bun and oh, love, don't say that. Like, you've known them 24 hours. They cannot say, oh, love, don't say that after 24 hours. That takes at least 24 days. I'm just saying, that's my thought right there. If it's only been one week, slow down on all the marriage talk. If she's already planning the wedding on Pinterest after the first date, 
Like you just need to say, hey, chill out. Let's take this easy. Let's pace ourselves through this relationship. Am I being too intense for this church today? Can I tell it like it is? I'm moving from a preacher to a teacher this week. So, all right, number five, if they cut off all their good, close, godly friends to only always be with you and expect you to do the same, that's a red flag. No, Paul, it's just us. We're gonna isolate ourselves. We're not gonna hang out with any of our close godly friends. We've stopped going to our connect groups. We've stopped going to church. It's just me and him forever. That's not healthy. My wife has godly friends in her life. I have godly friends in my life. When we started dating, we did not tell each other to cut off all our godly close friends. We needed our connect group. We needed our community. A healthy relationship respects godly friendships in the other person's life. Number six, if they are always blaming others for their mistakes, that is a red flag. I remember sitting down with this guy and um, he was telling me about all of his past relationships. And um, he had been through like eight or nine. He was telling me about the last marriage he just divorced from. And he was like, dude, this girl was so controlling. Oh yeah, that girl, her mom was so controlling. Oh, that girl, her dad was so controlling. And every relationship was about her, this, she, this, she, that. And finally, after like hearing about the eighth relationship, I said, bro, did you have anything to do with the, the, the reason that the relationship didn't work out? No, it was all them. It was all them. It's always been all them. That's a red flag. If someone does not own that they had something to do with the mistake or the problem, that is a red flag. I'm getting death stares from people. I'm gonna keep moving on here. <laughs> Number seven, never, if they never listen to you, if they never ask about your heart, if the conversation is always about them, if they never listen to your feelings, never want to know about the things you like, that's a red flag. That is a red flag. That is not a healthy relationship. Well, he's really, really good looking, and you know he likes to talk a lot. He doesn't ever ask me anything about myself. He really has a lot to say about himself, and our conversations are always about him, but he's really good looking, and I'm sure after 30 years of marriage, I'll still enjoy only hearing all about him and never him ask. No, you won't. If you're dating him right now, have a conversation. Listen, the relationship is meant to be balanced. It's not meant to be all about someone else. All right. <laughs> I could preach a sermon on each of these points. Number eight, they worship the narcissistic trinity, me, myself, and I. They come to church and they mix up the worship song. It's all about me. Jesus, all this is for me, me at the center of it all, me, myself, and I at the center of it all. You, you think this is funny. There are people that are literally all about themselves, and this is toxic. This is a red flag. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't think it's going to magically disappear when you get married. Address the mess. You've got to look at these things. You've got to stop being blind to it. You've got to stop closing your ears. You've got to see the red flags and you've got to do something about it. Number nine, when they put you, so now this is the opposite of number eight, when they put you on a pedestal of perfection. So now they're not worshiping themselves, they're worshiping you. And they think you are the greatest. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're a good, good man. You're perfect in all of your ways. No, you're not. Like, wow, Paul, thanks for telling me that. Sunday morning, I, you're supposed to make me feel good. Listen, dude, you are not an angel. I'm not saying you're a demon. I'm just saying you're a dude. And dudes have flaws. 
And ladies, let me just say something. You're awesome, but you're not perfect either. You're not a little angel. I'm not saying you're a demon either. I'm just saying you're a lady. Hey, man, I am getting really, I'm scared right now. I'm just preaching the word of God. Don't growl at me. Listen, I, I'm just telling, it, it, it doesn't help anyone to put someone on a pedestal. If they're putting you on a pedestal, you need to say, hey, listen, do not think I'm perfect. Because at some point I'm gonna disappoint you and you'll realize I am not the idol that you should have. I'm not supposed to be your idol. I'm not supposed to be your savior. That's Jesus's job. That's not your boyfriend's job. That's not your girlfriend's job. If they have built a shrine on their social media all about you, like if every single picture is of you, your face this way, your face that way, like it's so romantic, I'm every single picture, no, that's creepy. They need to have some more life outside of you. They need to stop just worshiping you, 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 you. Because at some point, you're gonna disappoint them and it's going to be a disastrous situation. Everybody say, that's a red flag. <laughs> Number 10, they want to meet your parents and be part of your family ASAP. I'm talking like after the first date or two. I had this one girl that I went on a date with in ORU, not my wife. I'm so glad for my wife. I married the right girl. But there was this one girl that I dated at ORU. And... Um, I say I dated, I went on one date with her. <laughs> and on this very first date, she goes, when am I gonna get to meet Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty, your parents? I said, you can meet them at church this Sunday. They'll be there, they shake hands in the back. She goes, I mean, when are you gonna have me over to your house for Sunday lunch? And I said, well, I think we need to go on a few more dates. Like that's, that's kind of like, in my opinion, that's an intimate thing. She's like, I really just wanna go on your family vacation. Ah! <laughs> Because I was telling her how we go to Branson, Silver Dollar City. She's like, can I come to the next Branson vacation? I said, no, listen, Silver Dollar City is reserved for intimate relationships. Like, we don't just take the first date with us on our family vacation to Branson, Missouri, to Silver Dollar City. That is for special relationships. Y'all think this is just Paul's idea. I'm telling you right now, I've watched this happen where guys and girls date, and after the first date or second date, all of a sudden that person's adopted into the family, they're going on family vacations, and three weeks later, the relationship's not working out. They find out that one of them has like $2 million of credit card debt. They decide, I don't wanna have this relationship anymore, but now the family has all these ties with them. They're trying to figure out, what are we supposed to do? We let this person in really, really fast. We made, we made this huge, amazing connection with them within your first week of dating. I'm just saying, take time before you get all into the family. I feel like a lot of people are taking bathroom breaks right now. Let me just move on to the next point. Number 11, if they never apologize or admit they're wrong. This is a big one. If he can't say he's sorry for talking to you like that, if she won't say, she, it's not a big deal. Just let it go. You're so sensitive. You are so overly sensitive. Just get over it. Guys, I'm just saying like, if the pride in them, if the ego in them won't let them say they're sorry, that's a red flag to pay attention to. That's, that's like the opposite of humility. If people can't say, I was wrong, I am sorry, I should not have, have, have uh, interrupted you, I should not have said that about you, I should not have called you that name, I was wrong, I'm sorry I did that. I'm just saying right now, these are red flags to have a conversation with this person. Number 12, if you can't be yourself around this person and you feel very uncomfortable, that's a red flag. Now, it's one thing if they're calling you out for bad behavior. If they're like, hey, listen, you should stop cussing at people. Psh, they won't let me cuss anymore, Paul. They won't let me be myself. They won't let me throw my golf clubs at people. They won't let me punch anybody. 
Like, that's good. You need to stop punching people in the face. You need to stop cussing out your mom. That, they're calling you out for things that you need to grow in. But if they're like, I don't like the way you laugh. The way you laugh, it's so embarrassing. I don't like your, your taste in, in food. Like, you need to start liking seafood like me. I, I don't like that you don't like what I like. You need to stop having these hobbies, basketball and football. I just hate that. I hate that about you. You need to like what I like. I wish you read books like me. I wish you watched chick flicks like me. Listen, God did not give you a unique personality so some 16-year-old boy that likes you could change you into his image. You were made in the image of God, and it is so much better than trying to fit into someone else's personality frustrations with you. All right, so you got, you got to learn to be yourself around people. If people can't accept that, and again, I'm not saying bad behavior, I'm just saying who God's made you to be. Number 13, if he or she wants to control everything, if you never get to make a decision, if they're making all of the decisions, this is a red flag. If she asks for all your passwords after the first date, this is a red flag. I need your passwords ASAP. <laughs> no, we just met one hour ago. Now, over time, there should be accountability. There should be you know, that uh, mutual respect, making decisions together. But if there is an over-controlling in every decision, this is a red flag. This doesn't disappear. It doesn't magically go away in marriage. It amplifies in marriage. If this is you, if you are a controlling person, own it and just say, Lord, help me to stop be sowing, you know, su such a control freak. Lord, help me to learn how to trust. Help me not to try to control everything in my life because eventually you'll realize you can't control everything in your life. I can't control everyone in my life. So I've got to learn to let go. Everybody say, let it go. All right, all right. Number 14, if their parents or family are overly involved in controlling in every decision he or she makes. When you marry a guy, you marry his family too. When you marry a girl, you marry into her family too. I am thankful for my in-laws, but I think about so many um, relationships where you know, the parents or the family was just overly involved Pay attention to those things. Those are red flags. And listen, if you're 14 years old and you're like, my mom and dad won't let me do what I wanna do, you are, in their, you are under their rule, okay? Like, of course, they're paying the bills for you. They're putting a roof over your head. But if you are 35 years old <laughs> and mommy and daddy are making every single decision for you and older brother, older sister are making every decision for you and you can't make a decision for yourself, that is failure to launch. We gotta put on our big boy pants, graduate from diapers, and start making decisions for ourselves, and stop letting everyone, you know. My, I, I came to my dad when I was 23, and I told my dad, I like Ashley. And I said, you know, I like Ashley. He said, yeah, that's great, I do too. I think she's a great girl. And I said, Dad, I'm thinking about marrying her. What do you think? And he said, I'm glad you asked for my advice. That's all I'm gonna give you. At the end of the day, it's your decision. So he gave me his advice. He said, yes, I think she's a great girl. I think you guys need to continue to grow. And these areas in your life, he was very wise. It was a lot of good truth, but he was not controlling. He was not controlling. There's a difference between giving wisdom and trying to control every decision that a child makes when they're a grown adult. And so my dad said, Paul, your mom and I will pray for you. We will be there for you, but at the end of the day, we cannot decide for you what's best for you. You've gotta make a decision. You are a grown up now. So we trust that you'll hear our advice, 
You're listening to God, you're reading books, you're gonna grow, you're gonna make wise decisions. Okay, number 15, when they want to hide a lot of stuff from you. And I'm talking like they're hiding their money status. Hey, can we talk about, you know, what, what your school loans are like? No, I'm not gonna talk about that until we're married. Can we talk about the credit card debt? No, we're not gonna talk about that until we're married. I don't wanna talk about that stuff. Can we talk about this addiction? No, I'm not gonna. If there's a lot of hidden stuff and they're not wanting to talk about it, at some point it's going to affect the future marriage. Now, if you are married today and you married into some stuff that was hidden from you while you were dating, at this point, the best thing we can do is fight to stay together, to work through it, go to counseling, get stronger, get free of whatever that stuff that was hidden from before. Don't take this message as, I'm leaving my husband, I'm leaving. Listen, if there's some stuff that need, needs to be addressed, address it. But there's a lot of people that will look at relationships and, and there's hidden stuff and they know it and they'll put on their blindfold, right? And they'll just say, I'm not even gonna look at it. I don't even wanna know about it. I, I know that I saw some stuff I shouldn't have seen um, that, that they're hiding from me, but I'm just gonna pretend that I didn't see it. We're gonna just keep going through this blind date into a blind marriage and hope that it all works out in the end. No, you've got to open your eyes and you gotta see it and you gotta address it. Man, it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> if they're hiding stuff from you now, it's only going to grow down the road. Number 16, if they're often critical of you, like not in a cute, teasing way. I mean like they're putting you down in front of your friends and their friends all the time. They're demeaning you. And you're like, well, I mean, he's just, he's like that. Like, He's really good looking, or she's really hot. Yeah, she does make fun of me a lot, and I do feel hurt, but I, I just learned to get over it. You know, she says I'm just overly sensitive, and yes, yeah, she makes fun of me every single day with all of her friends and my friend. You need to have a conversation. You need to have a conversation, because this, if it's not addressed, it turns into verbal abuse, and someday when your parents together, it, it gets passed on to kids. Like, being critical of someone, all the, we're all gonna have critiques about each other. But that doesn't mean you just say everything that come to your mind and you make fun of your spouse in front of everyone all the time or make fun of the person you're dating. That's not a healthy way to have a relationship. All right, number 17, they're still in touch or holding on to stuff from their ex. I, I just touched something right now in this service, I feel it. I'm gonna go out into the crowd, don't be scared. We gotta address this, right? If you're still holding on to a box of all the notes and the necklace and the little ring and the pictures, if you have a folder on your laptop of all the messages and emails and you haven't deleted that and you are in a serious relationship or you are married to someone now and you are still entertaining these, these thoughts and these feelings and these pictures and notes from your ex, that is a red flag. It needs to be talked about. There needs to be a conversation before there's an incarceration from the person who's gonna get super mad and jealous and do something harmful to. Listen, there needs to be a conversation. If, there, if you're still holding on to stuff from your ex and you're moving forward into a new relationship, something has not been dealt with in your past. And I'm not talking about holding on to, like, if you're in contact with your ex for child support, that's one thing. But if you're in contact in a romantic way, and you're dating someone new, and you're trying to play both situations here, that's not 
healthy. It's getting quiet in this charismatic church. Number 18, they have a warped view of God, the Bible, and the church. I went on a date with a girl in college who, um, it, it, it wasn't Ashley, it wasn't my wife, but this girl, she, she started to make jokes about the Holy Spirit. She started to make jokes about the Bible. And she started making jokes about our church. You don't talk about my dad and mama. You start talking about my mama, it's over. Like at first I was okay with the beginning, but I was feeling something was off. I was like, this, this just feels wrong. She was making fun of just different things. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people get into a relationship where they have the opposite doctrines and theologies. And down the road, I'm just telling you, it creates a whole lot of mess for you to think, well, I'm missionary dating him. Eventually, I'm gonna lead him to Christ. I'm a missionary to him. He's my mission field right now. I'm just trying to get him saved while we continue to you know, lay hands on each other and speak in tongues. And I know what you're doing. You're not speaking. You're having some other tongues going on. We need the keyboard to come up. I gotta wrap this thing up. <laughs> if they don't wanna go to church, if they're making fun of Pastor Paul, you better lay your foot there. Don't make fun of Pastor Paul. I just had to throw that in there. But if they have a warped view, like they come to church and they're like, let's get out of here. I don't like what he's talking about. He's trying to break us up here. He's talking about red flags. <laughs> oh. If they have a warped view of God, if like they're here for one hour, they're like, let's get out of here. I just want to go see a movie. I just want to go watch the Super Bowl right now. This church stuff is way too boring for me. I don't like any of it. If you're dating them, you have an option to end the relationship. Now, if you're married, the option is to love them, to treat them with the love of Christ and to stand in the truth of God. The Bible talks about if you're married to an unbelieving man, an unbelieving woman, don't just divorce them, but be a Christ-like servant in the house. Show them the love of God and through your actions, through your love, through your kindness, through your commitment to God, there will be a change that happens in their heart. But listen, if you're dating someone and this is happening right now and they're just making fun of your relationship with God, that is a major red flag. Number 19, if he or she never wants to be around their parents or their family, hey, we've been hanging out a lot with my family and you've never mentioned, we've been dating for nine months, you've never even mentioned your parents once. We've never even talked about your family. We've been together for a long time and you know, we're, we're grown adults. How come you've never, I don't wanna talk about my family. Now, it could be for the right reason. It could be that mom and dad are running a meth lab at the house and we just don't wanna go there. No, I'm serious. Like, it could be for the right, like, hey, trust me, we don't need to go home right now you know, the police are invading the house right now. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but I'm serious right now. I'm serious. But at least have a conversation about it. Like, don't sweep it under the rug and say, it's not a big deal. Just, I don't want to talk about my parents. If there is problems at home, just address it. Just say, hey, listen, there's a reason why I haven't brought you to my parents. There's a lot of things happening. I forgive them. I'm choosing to love them. But there's some stuff that just, that's why we haven't spent a lot of time with them at least have a conversation. Because without a conversation, there's all kinds of assumptions, suspicions, questions. Number 20, when they have no discipline in their life, no self-control, no restraint. Like if, if he's starting to touch your leg right now and you've been dating for a few months or you're on a date and he starts to move in places where you're not super comfortable, you say, hey, can you stop? And he won't stop and he keeps going. You're like, well, Paul, it's not a big deal. 
Well, in a few years, it could be some other girl's leg. It could be someone else. If there's no self-control, if he can't control his hands, I'm just telling you, it's a red flag. Have a conversation before there's an incarceration. Because again, if he can't be told no, if he always, if she, there was this girl, this happens with girls too. I went on a date. I keep telling on myself, I went on a date in college. It wasn't a date, it was just a hangout, friend time. This first week of school, this girl wanted to hang out with me. We were having our church conference, annual church conference in August. T.D. Jakes was preaching that night, 2004. She said, hey, can I go with you? We just met on campus. I said, sure, all of our friends are going. So she hopped in the car, five of us, we went to church. The next night, she said, can I go with you again? It was Bill Winston, it was someone else, John Bevere. So sure, you know, three nights in a row. The fourth night, we had a big youth service and I was a youth volunteer, youth leader, and I was going there to volunteer. And um, she had already gotten my number, my cricket cell phone number. She sent me a text, hey, can I go with you to the service? I said, yeah, I'm going to volunteer. You're welcome to come. So she came. And the whole time, there was a whole lot of red flags popping up, but I just didn't pay attention. I was, I was so like, she was pretty, she was flirtatious. I just kind of was enjoying it. And I'm just saying this right now, in the Bible, there was characters like Samson and Delilah. Samson was called by God to do a certain thing with his life, but he pursued Delilah. And Delilah ended up you know, getting the secret to his strength. Samson's story is a tragic story. He ends up losing his eyes and, and, and we're gonna get into it next week. But um, it wasn't all Delilah's fault. There was something inside of Samson that was enjoying the lust. He was enjoying the deception. Stop blaming everything on Delilah. So there was something in me that was enjoying it. And that night she said, hey, can you give me a ride back to campus? Sure, it's right across the street at the youth building. And so I'm driving and she said, hey, let's go for a drive. Let's turn up the music, roll the windows down. I said, yeah. And we'll just call her Delilah for the story. So <laughs> Delilah and I were driving down the road and she says, hey, you know, you keep paying attention to the road. I was like, yeah, because we're driving. She's like, why don't you park over here so you can pay attention to me? And I was like, okay, Delilah. And so uh, I pulled over in this parking lot and she, she leans in and she wanted to be physical. And we had only known each other three days and I felt very uncomfortable. And I was trying to figure out what to do because at the same time, you know, I'm a dude. I'm not an angel. I'm a dude. And thank God in that moment, I was able to practice self-control. And I said, hey, we need to go back to campus. And she was like, why? Let's just stay here tonight. We can camp out in your car. <laughs> and so... Long story short, drove back to campus. I said, hey, you know, I think, I think we need to maybe just take a break from hanging out. She was like, why do you always do this? I was like, why do I, you've known me three days. What do you mean, why do I always do this? She's like, you always do this. You never let us hang out. I was like, what? We know each other three days. Why are you throwing always and never in here? And uh, went on to be a very intense, this girl ended up dating a lot of guys, breaking a lot of guys' hearts, crossing a lot of boundaries, left the school and just a wake of, there was guys that came to me afterwards. They said, did you know about this girl? I said, yeah. They said, why didn't you warn me? Like, why didn't you tell me there was red flags around this girl? And I said, I, I honestly wasn't sure. I just didn't know. But I feel like I'm preaching this sermon to some singles right now. That there's some guys and some girls that, that God is still working on. I'm not saying they're a lost cause. I'm just saying there's a red flag on the beach right now and you don't realize there's undercurrents and you think you could be a missionary dater and lead them to Christ and God's saying, 
Let me lead them to Christ. Let me be their savior. You can't be his savior. You can't be her savior. All right, I gotta hurry up here. Uh, Number 21, when all their heroes and favorite shows and influences are very secular, dark, and twisted. <laughs> I, I really like him, but you know, his, his favorite guys are Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, and Adolf Hitler, and I, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> and when I looked on his iTunes playlist, it's all intense, like abusive songs about guys abusing their wives, and I just, I think it's gonna work itself out. We're just gonna keep going, no, my friends. If everything that he likes is messed up and dark and twisted, have a conversation. If he just idolizes serial killers, I'm just saying that's a red flag. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Number 22, when he says, I'll stay with you if you do this for me, and it's something that compromises your boundaries, that's a red flag. If you have to sleep with him to keep him, he's not the one for you. And I'm just saying that like, because sex is good inside the covenant of marriage. Sex is amazing. But outside the covenant of marriage, God says that's not right. And if he's saying you got to do this in order to keep me, that's a red flag. Number 23, if you're getting warnings from all the right people, stop calling people haters in your life that love you. Those haters, they don't even want me to be with you. Those haters keep telling us we need to break up. That Pastor Paul, he's a hater. Talk about red flags. Don't listen to him. They're ha- Stop. Like there's good people in your life that love you that are saying, we're not saying you can never date each other. We're just saying maybe right now there's some things that need to be changed. Let's get in the men's discipleship track. Let's get in the women's, let's go to the walk it out. Let's start getting some things right in our life. Let's develop some healthy habits. Number 24, if you still have feelings for someone else or he or she still has feelings for someone else, it's probably not the best time to enter into a very serious relationship because they're still dealing with the love and the romance and the feelings they have for that person in the past. And number 25, final point here, when you have a very unhealthy amount of doubt, you can't sleep at night, your cold sweat, it's scaring you, you can't even work, can't even think, that's a red flag. Not meaning that it can never happen, just mean right now you need to stop and pray and maybe just seek some wise counsel in your life. All right, you can breathe now. The 25 red flags are over. You're still here, you're still alive. Not everybody got up and left and went to the bathroom. Let me finish this with this last thought. I think this is the most important part of the sermon right here. What do I do now that I know there's red flags here? And married people, I'm coming for you next week. I'm coming for the couples in the room. Me too. I've got some stuff that we need to talk about. But for singles in the room, start with yourself. Start with you. Instead of looking at the speck in everyone else's eyes, start with the log in you. What is some red flags? that I'm starting with the man in the mirror. So now that I know there's red flags out there, I'm looking, is there some in me? Number two, stop blaming it all on Delilah. Like own the fact that there could be some things in you that are enjoying being around this person with red flags. It could be that your red flags are connecting with their red flags. And there needs to be some red flags from God that says, let's separate for a season. Let's get things right. Let's take some time to seek the Lord. You go to church together, go to discipleship class together, push pause for a second while you're dating. And number three, address the mess. If there's smoke, don't wait for the fire. I tell this to our our, our staff members, especially working with our youth and our kids. If you smell smoke from a volunteer, don't wait for the fire. Don't wait till I get a phone call from a police officer. I wanna address the smoke. The second there's smoke, we need to deal with the mess. We need to stop pretending like it's not there. Let's stop closing our eyes and hoping that nothing bad happens. Let's deal with the mess. Number four, get rooted in God's house. 
Be faithful somewhere. Be faithful somewhere. Lean in. Choose to commit to a church and and go when it's not easy. Go when you don't like it. Develop consistency in God's house. Develop faithfulness there. Number five, get wisdom. Get wisdom from God's word, God's people, godly mentors. If you're 17 years old and all the wisdom you're getting is from your peers, go to someone who's twice your age, who's lived a little bit longer than you. Go to some of these amazing, mighty men and women of God that have been married for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Go to Grand Grand and just say, hey, can you give me some wisdom as I'm a single girl, single guy, trying to do it right, trying to have a healthy relationship. Don't just get wisdom from your peers. Go get wisdom from godly mentors. Number six, set boundaries for who you will date and how you will date. Set boundaries for the kind of guy that you're gonna date. Set boundaries for the kind of girl that you're gonna date. Set boundaries for how you're going to date them. Not just who you will date, but how you will date. We're not gonna have sex till we get married. That's so old fashioned, Paul. No, it's the Bible. The one who created sex is the one who said this. And I think he's got the right to say it more than 50 Shades of Grey or Magic Mike. I think God's the one that knows what's best for our sex life and our love life. Set boundaries that are gonna bring God glory and gonna help you have healthy, non-toxic relationships. Number seven, start serving. Why would you expect someone to have a servant's heart in marriage that's not serving anywhere right now? And why do you think you could be a great servant leader in marriage when you aren't serving anywhere and haven't served anywhere in a very long time? Get involved, help people out, open the door, go help out at the soup kitchen downtown, go serve at Salvation Army, go serve somewhere, get involved, give out, be generous, help others. And finally, right here, number eight, go on dates with godly girls and guys. I had someone come up to me after the last service, um, Saturday night service, and they said, I'm scared I'm gonna end up dating Ted Bundy or Charles Manson, and now I don't even wanna go on dates and I said no don't be afraid like there's good godly guys out there there's good godly girls so go on some dates if you're grown up go this is not a series to say I kiss dating goodbye this is a series to say I'm giving godly dating a chance all right stand up to your feet all over this room you guys receive that word I pray that you listen you think about it watch it again listen to it again share it with a single friend talk it out in a connect group and say, how can we pay attention to these red flags? How can we protect each other, protect our kids, protect ourselves from getting in relationships that could be very toxic? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place? The most important part of the sermon is right here, and that's the decision time. If you're here right now and there's some areas God is speaking to you on, don't dismiss the red flags. Don't dismiss the warnings. The prudent see danger and they take action. The foolish keep going and they suffer the consequences. This is a time to address the mess. If there's smoke, deal with it before there's a fire. If you're noticing there's some issues in you, maybe you haven't forgiven some people who hurt you. Maybe you're holding on to some wounds. Maybe you're holding on to some past feelings towards someone. And God's saying it's time to move forward. There's new relationships waiting for you, but you're gonna have to release some things that you've been holding on to from your past. If you're here right now and you say, Paul, I've got some areas in my life that need some major growth, some improvement, some change in order for me to be a godly, healthy man or woman in these relationships God's called me to step into. If God's speaking to you on any of that, I want you to just lift your hand up today and say, I need to grow in this. I need to surrender this to the Lord, this attitude, this issue of control, this unforgiveness. Yeah, hands going up from the front to the back. You're not alone. 
The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect, but we can all continue to grow and become like Christ if we're willing to repent and say, Lord, start with me. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with Jesus. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to go to heaven. I want to know my name is written in the book of life. If that's you, today's your day. This is a great time to surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand just all over this room? Say, yeah, I'd like to let Jesus be Lord of my life. Today's your day to do it. Awesome, awesome. I want to do something before we leave. I felt in my heart in the last service that we are to pray for every single in the room. If you're over the age of 13 and you're single, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for your future relationships, your future marriage. And I wanna ask you to just step out from your row. If you're a single guy, single girl, would you come and stand at this altar? If you're over the age of 13, even if you're dating someone, come down with the guy you're dating, the girl you're dating. Why not bring it to the altar and say, let's get God involved in this more. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to lead us more. Let's lean into this series and let's address the areas that we need to grow in and address the questions that we need to talk about. Yeah, could, could you cheer on every single guy, single girl in the room today? Come close, come close. Come on, Marquise. I believe that this church is blessed with amazing guys and girls. And I believe 2019 is gonna be a year of fulfillment. I truly believe it. Some of you godly guys, godly girls that have been praying to find the right mate, find the right person, I believe 2019 is gonna be a year of fulfillment. And it's gonna require you to go all in with God and say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you in this. They're still coming, still coming. Can we keep cheering? They're still coming from the very back, come on. Whether you're 20 something, 30 something, 40 something, 50 something, whether you're a teenager, if you have a desire in your heart, a dream in your heart to have a healthy marriage one day, maybe you're here today and you've been divorced and you're saying, Paul, I, I wanna believe that God can restore. I wanna believe that God can give me a healthy marriage in the future. I've been hurt, I've been broken, but I'm willing to bring it to God. I believe God can do it. I believe God can bring healing, restoration. I believe God can give a fresh start, the right man, the right woman in your life. So would you just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just kind of lift your hands up at the front of this altar. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for every guy and every girl. And I wanna get some strong married couples standing behind and beside some of these singles all over this altar. God, I pray, Lord, just that this would be a year of purpose a year of destiny. God, if there's areas in their life that they need to grow in, things they need to get rid of, God, I pray that you give them the courage and the strength to address the mess, to deal with it. God, to look internally first, to say, God, help me to grow into who you've called me to be. Lord, help me to see the areas that you're calling me to work on. Lord, I submit my attitude to you, my heart to you, my thoughts to you, my ways to you. The people that I date, God, help me to have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive. And Lord, I pray that you would direct their steps. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man, a righteous woman are ordered by God. So Lord, I pray they'd be in the right place, doing the right thing with the right people. And God, I pray that as they're serving you, as they're following after you, they would look to the left, they look to the right and they notice that godly guy, that godly girl running right beside them that's going after you as well. Lord, I pray that they would have divine relationships. God, that they would be surrendered to your will, your way. I pray for protection. Deliver them from the wrong relationships. Deliver them from the wrong people. Deliver them, God, from toxic thoughts, toxic beliefs. In Jesus' name.